Chapter 7 A Step Forward The boy blinked. Red was all he could see before him. He shifted his head, using his shirt sleeve to rub the blood from his eyes. Much better. He looked down at his hands. The resonance was fading from him, having severed his connection to his... Well, is that what the demon had called it? His skin was returning to its normally tan shade. Thick blood and blackened red viscera still dripped from his unclenched fists. The boy could feel the... thing. Demon? God? Shaseth, railing against his will. But he could manage it. He could feel that this being was somehow connected to his power, and as long as he did not use it, he could maintain control. The boy took in his surroundings. What was left of Axis's head was spilled across the earth several feet in every direction. The camp was unnaturally quiet. Blood and body parts were strewn all over, across every surface. The scene really was something out of nightmares. Standing up, the boy felt the immense pain of his bones readjusting to their natural form as the power he'd been carrying left his body. He strode with a purpose through the camp, stepping over the corpses of the once deadly bandit crew. As he walked, he passed the body of his friend, Craven, and felt a pang of still very fresh sadness. But he did not slow his pace. He passed Axis's tent, where he knew a familiar form would be lying. But he ignored it, continuing forward until he arrived at his destination. Then he bent down picked up his shovel, and got back to work. It was about an hour before the boy finished his digging. He'd once again removed his now blood-soaked shirt, sweating profusely in the mid-morning sun. Work finished, he walked back towards the center of camp. He knelt down, grabbing his friend's body by the shoulders, and dragging him over to his freshly lengthened pit. He then went back into camp, retrieved the old warrior's head, and dropped that in as well. Then he grabbed his shovel and began filling the hole back in. The boy stood over Craven's grave for a long time after finishing it. A confusing sadness rested around his shoulders. He did not cry. He didn't think the old man would have wanted him to. In truth, he didn't know what Craven would have wanted. He'd only known the veteran warrior for a few months, and they'd barely even spoken to each other. For most of it. But in these last few weeks, they had been friends. The boy was sure of that now. Craven the Blade was the first friend he'd had in over a year. The boy felt a tear fall from his eye at the thought. I guess I am crying. For however short it had been, the two of them had shared a real bond in this most horrific of situations. They'd saved each other from endless despair. Prophet be damned. Craven's words had saved him from beyond the grave. The stubborn bastard. The boy felt a heat well up in his chest. The demon was trying to take over again, but he would not let it. Looking at the grave of his lost friend, he determined he would live for himself, and he'd find a way to pave his own path. He wouldn't let anyone else push him off course. The boy stood there for a few moments after that, 
waiting for Shisath to calm down, but also steeling himself to face what he had to do next. As he turned to head towards his next task, he thought about if he should have said something. What would I have said? He's Angiri, isn't he? Do they even have funeral rites? The boy snorted. Shows how much he really knew about the man. But as he arrived at his destination, any previous levity faded. He was standing in front of Axie's tent. He reached out to pull aside the embroidered tent flap, but hesitated. He knew what he would find inside, but he didn't want to face it. All his feelings were too fresh, too close to the surface, and still slightly confusing. But he pushed forward, opening the tent and moving inside. The slender figure of the woman lay on the floor. There was a knife wound in her stomach that had stopped bleeding some time ago. The weapon was still lodged in it. He reached down and grabbed the hilt, pulling the blade free. He felt pain in his own gut as the horror of the woman's death crashed into him. It was his knife. Axes had killed her with the boy's own knife. The boy fell to his knees. Tears streaked down his face as he began to sob. He cried for what seemed like hours. At first, he cried for the way she had died and the small part he'd played in it. But then, he cried for the loss of her. He'd lost her, and just like Craven, he'd never gotten the chance to know who she truly was. So he cried. He cried for the times where she'd been his shining light at the orphanage. He cried for the pain she had endured in both her body and spirit when she'd helped him escape from the church. He cried for the times that he'd hated her. He truly wished he remembered his own sins sooner. And finally, he cried that he would never get the chance to thank her for everything she'd done. When he had shed all the tears he had left to his body, he looked up at her pale, swollen face. Without thinking, he reached out, cupped her cheek, and turned her head to the other side. It was almost untouched. From this angle, with her eyes closed, she could have been sleeping. He stared at her for another long moment. Then he put his arms beneath her body and lifted her out of the tent. He carried her over to where he'd laid Craven and lowered her gently into the hole he'd dug for her. He did not look at her after that. He just grabbed the shovel and hefted the dirt back into the hole. When he was done, he planted the shovel with a soft shik. Then he headed back into camp, gathered a week's worth of supplies in a pack, and saddled Craven's horse to ride out of this blasted land. Before he did, however, he trotted back over to the gravesite, stopped his mount and said, Thank you. Before turning around, and riding west, back towards civilization. So melodramatic. The boy froze, horse pausing as well, responding to his sudden tension. He checked the connection, but he could feel nothing pushing against him. He moved his limbs, making sure he still had control. 
Oh, you're fine. I can't break through this little wall you've erected between us. The boy flexed his fingers and toes, making double sure that he still had all his faculties. Then he let out a deep sigh. You're not supposed to be able to do that, you know. The boy didn't respond, still on edge slightly. He kicked his horse back to a walk. I don't know how you've done it, continued the demon, but you've managed to sever the connection with your will alone which should be impossible for a boy with no training at all. But, whatever happened, I can't take over unless you allow it. The boy stayed silent. He wasn't going to give this thing the satisfaction of a response. Now that he had it under control, he would never let it go again. Ugh, please. Why do you have to be so boring? You're going to have to let me out eventually, especially if you want to use those powers of yours. The boy continued along. He would not react to this thing's proddings. Come now. You saw what we did out there. You saw what we were capable of when we worked together. Don't you want that? The boy continued. He did not need this power to achieve his goals especially now that the demon was connected to it. Sure, sure. What are your goals, anyway? The boy pulled back on his reins, drawing the horse to a stop. Had the demon just responded to his thoughts? No. That would be impossible. Don't you worry your pretty little head about it. The boy's eyes opened wide. This was not good. If the being could read his thoughts, then could it affect him somehow? Could this thing take back control of his body? Oh, calm down, calm down. I was just playing around. I can't truly read your thoughts. Besides, people's thoughts don't really work like that. It's more like I'm living in the room next door, and the walls are really thin. So I get the gist of what's going on in there. But if I could affect you, I would have done it by now. The boy wasn't sure if that was true. He knew that this demon was crafty and would do or say anything to get its way. So he was determined to stay vigilant no matter the cost. He would just have to work on his self-control. Ugh, you really are no fun at all, aren't you? You'd think that someone who just bested a demon in a battle of wills would be a little more excited. I mean, come on. You've got the whole shining world in front of you. Speaking of which, what are you going to do with this new leaf you've turned over? After what he'd gone through and what he knew he'd have to deal with the rest of his life, the boy knew he wasn't going to be able to loosen his grip on his emotions anytime soon. Every decision he'd made out of emotion these last few days had been either bad or horrible. If he was going to plan out his future, it would not be worry-free. In fact, he was determined to be meticulous and precise about every detail. It had been his flippant attitude and short temper that had landed him here. From now on, he would be controlled and cautious. Ugh, gods, you are such a turn-off. I don't know how we're going to work together if you're going to be such a tight ass all the time. The boy continued to ride in silence, 
trying to keep his mind clear, which frustrated the demon to the point where it began trying to get a reaction out of him, like a small child. First, he tried to convince the boy that he had something on his face. It's right there, you know, on your upper lip, just below the nose. I don't know how you haven't felt it till now. Just wipe it off. Come on, wipe it off. People will talk. I've got to live in this body too, you know, and I have a reputation to maintain. An hour or so passed after that, during which time the boy realized that keeping his thoughts random and cyclical made the demon even more annoyed. So he did that, which is when Shiseth tried to convince him that there was a snake in front of them. Seriously, it's right there. Looks like a venomous poison viper. You know, the really deadly ones. I swear it's there. It just really blends into the dirt. It's going to spook your horse if you're not careful. Just look, damn it! After that outburst, the demon began trying to rile up his anger with a more cerebral attack. You know, I watched him kill the life giver. I'm not omnipotent, but I am a god. And I was close enough to see that, at least. The demon waited for a reaction, but none came. That bandit king was a man of his word. He did everything he said he would to her. And you know what? She didn't make a peep. Just accepted it all until he stuck the knife in. Darkness above, the way she took it all. I don't even think you could call her human at that point. The boy did not respond. He did not react overtly, but his thoughts no longer spawned in their playful circles. The demon seemed irritated that he had not gotten more of a reaction. But he quieted down after that, and they were able to make several more hours of travel in silence. The sun was in the midst of setting in front of them, turning the whole desert red, when the demon next spoke, saying, <sighs> Is this really how you're going to play it? You're going to make believe that you're a stone for the rest of your life. Silence. Look, if we're going to be spending the rest of our lives together, shouldn't we at least get to know each other? Silence again. I'll go first. I'm Shiseth, god of chaos, peace of infinity, entropy incarnate. You get the deal. What's your name? The boy straightened up a bit. His name. For some reason, that pricked a soft spot in his mind. He had not thought about his name in ages. It had been over a year since anyone had even said it. When was the last time he'd said it? He'd been known as Boy for so long now. It had become hard to think of himself as anything else. Did he still remember it? Hycene. That's my name. Hycene, the boy said, as if to test the way it sounded and tasted on his lips. The boy smiled. He felt more solid somehow. It was as if saying his name had grounded him to himself, reaffirmed his existence, and who he was. He was his own being, separate from the demon, separate from his power, separate from the gods. He was high seen.
continued to smile as the sun set across the horizon. Shiseth smiled as well. He speaks. <laughs> well, maybe this won't be so boring after all. The silence came again. But this time, Shiseth did not feel frustrated. He continued to smile inside as the boy rode along, saying, Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Hyacene. I have a feeling that this is the beginning of something wonderful. The end of story one of the Sandbox Stories.